think that's just a lesson for uh, uh, ultimately. So sometimes you need to just uh, take a leap of faith, and and I think for the most part, if you're the, if you're a person who um, knows that you'll try to make the most of every experience, that, that you'll arrive somewhere and not necessarily ignore the negative, but focus on some of the positive aspects of the experience and try to get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. My feeling is that you can, you can find uh, a life most places. You know? to a nomad's way podcast where we share the exploits and advices of travel gurus for making your travel easy and affordable and now your host who wish on making travel a global religion kunal aka the hopeless nomad How's it going? And thank you so much for hanging out here at a Nomad's Way Travel Podcast. I really appreciate your continued support. And like always, I'm here to bring travel to your ears. Today's show, I have a beautiful and amazing guest with me who is one of the most humble guy I got a chance to talk with. He's a travel content creator and a co-founder of Toronto Bloggers Collective. He's the founder of the website and the brand Traveling Mitch, as well as being the co-founder of ultimate ontario he has lived across three continents and to almost 80 countries and continues to obviously have passion for exploration and curiosity for the places on the map he's yet to visit so you can always find him on twitter instagram or even in his facebook group which is called travel talk with traveling mitchell is present everywhere in this particular episode we talked about different topics for example we talked about what the travel industry is going through right now and what the future of travel industry would look like. Even about his love for Istanbul, where he shifted and started living his new life. And also about different cultures, how you can really be comfortable in a new country and tackle certain culture shocks. And in the end, we <laughs> we both being uh, the two people who just love beers, and of course, in this particular episode, we have talked about beers, which countries produces the best beers, which produces somewhat weird beers, I will say, and about the beer and brewing culture. So come with me today to the corner of the travel hostel of a Nomad's Way podcast with my guest, Christopher Mitchell. So here we go, guys. there in uh in in your toronto yeah yeah um yeah i mean it's crazy as well right uh it's it's just strange because toronto is a you know normally a very busy city and um and right now it's just different i mean i think it's just kind of like the like the whole world right now um everything's just kind of put on pause so 
I try to uh, to get out and just get some exercise and walk around a little bit, uh, yeah. you know, while respecting the, the physical distancing and all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, it's it's strange. It's kind of like you see the city just looks like it's on hold a little bit. Um, but I think that's a good thing. You know, I, would, I wouldn't be happy if I went outside and I looked at my city and the streets were filled and, and yeah, exactly. busy. So, and it's the first time I've ever gone in through anything where you and I could sit down and be on different sides of the planet. And we probably have uh, a similar experience as far as facing a crisis. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like everything is on a, is on a shutdown right now. Like front it, in Europe, it's even worse. So I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not necessarily that it's just that in Europe, it, it happened before it happened in North America. So France has understood, I'm sure in Toronto, you know, one week from now, there's going to be the same limitations that are placed on, um, you know, across France right now, right? I hope not. But yeah, because you have to carry out like if you even if you go for groceries or something like you have to carry out like an attestation on which like you have to sign it. You have to tell them like where you're going and everything. So Mm -hmm. if like there is police all around, the cops are all around. So if they see you outside, they're just going to ask you for the attestation. Like, where are you going? So. Wow. Okay. That's very intense. I'm not sure if that'll ever happen here or not, but I know that probably in all likelihood people could, um, I think there are most people understand the severity of the situation, yeah. but uh, there's still some people who are not quite fully grasping just how serious this is. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. Because I think this particular crisis is it's affecting the psychology of the people instead of having such a, I don't know, like infective rate. People are really scared right now and they're like, afraid of getting alone from somewhere for like 14 days in quarantine it's a bad situation yeah i think so and but that's you know hopefully right now we can do stuff like this or or be um positive you know make sure that social media can be a positive force in some way you know and uh and try to do do our part to you know to keep things moving forward because ultimately this is a a very bizarre time and a strange pause, but I, I just wrote an article on my site um, yesterday about, about how to be productive at home because it's not something everyone's yes, accustomed to, something I, I am, you know, but uh, because I've been doing it for two years and you had to figure it out so I wouldn't go crazy. Yeah. But it's, uh, I think you, there's, I think that we, we need to share everything we can to do to, to help. And, uh, if, yeah, exactly. and if you're not able to do that financially, you just sharing what we know and understand and even just sharing that you care about somebody else halfway across the world, I think is worth something right now. Yeah. I so, don't know. <laughs> that's what I, I'm trying to do here with this podcast. It's not to motivate you to travel just right now. So that's mm-hmm. why it's an introductory uh, an episode for that. Okay. You are not gonna just pick up your bags and just go right now it's it's no way motivating to you do that so it's kind of it's the podcast which will prepare you to just when the day comes where you can just go out it will prepare you to list out everything that you're looking for with the places the tips and the tricks from people like you like the amazing bloggers and influencers just spreading the word out and okay this day comes and you just are ready to go out and you're ready to click that book ticket button. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, that, and I think that's also, we owe it to ourselves that whatever you're creating right now, you know, the situation is so it's permeated everything that we're doing. So it's, it's smart to, it wouldn't make sense for you to do a podcast like this right now. and be like, let's talk, let's talk about, uh, where you can go right now, you know, it doesn't yeah, exactly. make sense. So it's, it's just not respecting the situation. That being yeah. said, I'm kind of the same as you where I'm realizing that uh, when people are traveling again, they're, they're still going to need resources. And, and that's a, you may as well uh, work on building the house you want to make right now. And then you can open the door when the time is right, you know? Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm trying to do. And people like you are at home right now. So it's kind of easy to contact them. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a very good point as well. Right. I mean, it's so funny because I'm, I'm actually doing more of this right now where I'm, you know, interviewing with, with people and so forth online. And actually I'm, I really enjoy it because the rest of my day, it's, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to be in a position where I have a great cat and, and a wonderful partner here. So we, we get along well and, and that works great. But I think at the same time too, you, you, part of what I loved about this life prior was that you always had a good opportunity to meet new people, but yeah. you know, we're also fortunate. Um, you know, if you look back at the 1919, I think it was the Spanish flu. I mean, people weren't able to talk way across the world with each other and share this exactly. sort of information. So we're also, we're fortunate and unfortunate because there's the misinformation. And, and if you get on the wrong tra track on Twitter or whatever, you're, it, it can be demoralizing. Um, but I, now we have to prioritize making sure that we're, you know, ultimately that, that I always believe that kind of the input is the output, right? So we kind of keep taking in all of these good, yeah. good things, good vibes, uh, so we can try to put them back out there while also respecting the seriousness of the situation, of course. Yeah. It's a matter of choice, like what you're choosing. <laughs> right, today it's a gloomy day. <laughs> I'm going to go to Twitter and search for this. <laughs> well, that's it. That's it too. It's also worth recognizing like yesterday yeah. I was, I just was not myself and I just, <laughs> I, I just at a certain point just stopped pretending to be myself. So I, actually uh, at, at 4.30 or so, my, my wife, Brianna, uh, Brie was like, you should go like, go get some exercise, get outside for a second. Of course, respecting, you know, physical distancing. And I yeah. said, okay, great. I'm going to go for a bike ride in some, 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 in a not very busy part of Toronto. So of course I hop on my bike and uh, maybe six kilometers from home, I, I hit a pothole and my front tire burst and you just think, oh, no. this is just, this is just the way it is right now. You know? um, so I just, after that, I just thought I'm not even going to pretend to be positive. I'm just going to get home. I'm going to get a big glass of wine and Brie made a great dinner. And I just thought I'm, I'm folding today. Like today's over and that's okay too. Right. Because yeah. we can't, you, you simply can't, uh, sometimes you just have to recognize where, where you're at. Yeah, so. just need a, like a recharge kick to it. Okay, this happened, so I need to recharge now, right now. So you just give up everything and you're just like, nope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so that's where we're at. But um, I mean, feel free to ask me anything, anything I can help with for travel for anybody listening. I mean, feel yeah, free. For, I, for, I, sure, I, for I, sure. I know you passed along some, some things prior, but yeah, let me ask away, man. I'm, I'm here to help as best I can. And, and we've, 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 you know, we've already chatted prior about uh, 
the intention that when when the time is right, people can take it and use this information. That's my cat in the yeah, background, by the way. <laughs> he's it, yeah. the uh, he's the yeah. Thankfully, I already mentioned him prior, so you yeah. Know. <laughs> I was just about looking here or wait. <laughs> there was a cat. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we adopted him from uh, Bree and I lived in Istanbul from 2014 to 2017. Oh wow! And the 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 day that we moved into our place in Istanbul, this little. Uh, waif of a cat you know just like a rock this kitten was like wah, wah, wah. you can hear why he <laughs> yeah. he or he won us over so anyways he lived with us for three years in assemble and we got his shots and, and brought him back to, to toronto with us so That's yeah amazing. he keeps but us you, uh he keeps us making sure it's not it's not too uh boring around here yeah you, you stayed in istanbul for like two years three years three years damn that's nice yeah it's a fantastic city i read on your blog you have roots in different places and it's 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 really exactly. it's really amazing so how did you find those roots it was just like yeah oh, so like this yeah it's not it's i mean i think it's funny because when you look back on the, the journey and you can create a narrative where you connect all these dots but really it was just a it was a collection of decisions that i just put all my weight behind and and so yeah. for the first first time i moved abroad was to oslo norway and mm -hmm. i did my um Part, uh, my the second semester of my third year of university in Oslo, Norway, um, and then I came back to Toronto, and Bree and I moved to uh, Seoul, South Korea, and taught English there. And while while I'm in these places, I'm just exploring the surrounding areas. So you know, when I'm in Norway, I'm exploring a bit of Europe and Scandinavia. When yeah. we were in Korea, we're you know we made a point of before before we came back to Toronto to explore around Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. um, then when uh, we went to a teaching conference and met a school because we were at that time we were both teachers. Bree's still teaching. Uh, I'm doing this full time now, but um, we just a school uh, gave us an offer in Istanbul, and and we had been there briefly in 2010, and we just loved the feeling of the city, and we just felt like that was a city you could grow into. So yeah. we moved to, to Istanbul, and and I think. Uh, it's, as I said, like in, in retrospect, you can look back and it seems like a really like, okay, that all makes sense. But a lot of it was, you know, Bree and I were at a, um, it was a teaching conference where we were, we interviewed with a bunch of schools all day. And then they said, one of the schools gave us an offer. We had to decide that moment that day. So literally we called our parents and we're like, so we're moving to Istanbul in three months or whatever, or six months or whatever it was. Um, but I think that's just a lesson for, uh, uh, ultimately, so sometimes you need to just uh, take a leap of faith, and and I think for the most part, if you're the, if you're a person who um, knows that you'll try to make the most of every experience, that, that you'll arrive somewhere and not necessarily ignore the negative, but focus on some of the positive aspects of the experience and try to get the most out of it. Mm -hmm. My feeling is that you can you can find uh, a life most places you know as long as they as long as they the you know that the whole experience jives with with your person in some way so, so i mean just to I mean, i'm i'm obviously i'm passionate about travel so i'm going to talk a little bit and one question will be you know a long time but i my thing my feeling is that it's good to go to a place that's not too similar to where you're from because you want to be challenged mm -hmm. um but, but at the same time too um wherever you go you're going to find the opportunity to to do some of the things that you always loved 
if you love walking in Toronto, I mean, you're going to find an opportunity to walk anywhere. So it's just about using your common sense and figuring yeah. out that sort of stuff too. And, and then the other thing too, is that really the city you move to is only foreign until you arrive really. In that moment, uh, was it planned or was it just like that going with the flow when you went to Istanbul and Seoul? Oh, yeah, it was planned. It was, yeah. So all of those things were planned, but all the trips from there were not. So okay. when we were in Istanbul, we would travel frequently. We'd go to Bulgaria, Romania, and we went to Malta and Cyprus. And we, we, we probably visited, I want to say over the three-year period, maybe I want to say 20 countries or so. Mm-hmm. So I, I've been to 80 countries. Bree and I yeah, probably 80. traveled. Yeah, yeah and, and Bree and I have traveled to... Um, I want to say probably like 55 or 60 of those together. Mm-hmm. So we were on the move quite a bit. Um, I think generally speaking, as far as our, like the way we're planning our travels, we leave a lot of room for, for spontaneity and adventure. So uh, when we moved to Istanbul, we, we, it's not like we had a plan for this is all that we're going to see around the area. But once we had a home base, we felt pretty comfortable just yeah. taking those weekend trips. The other thing too is it was very intentional to move to a city like Istanbul, which had a major... Uh, a major airline uh, putting their hub there that they're, they're also they they built a they have an enormous airport that's well connected and that means that we could fly anywhere for i don't know 75 80 bucks 100 bucks uh, yeah. for the most part so that's something else to consider if, if you know you want to travel around a lot um oslo for example didn't have an airport that was terribly close to the city and it was not a extremely well connected place necessarily yeah. not poorly but it was a little bit expensive Istanbul, on the other hand, a place you can live for three years and really do a lot of damage from a travel perspective because, you know, Turkish Airlines is flying in and out of there and, and every major airline has some, because of the location, it being in roughly the center of the planet, you know, um, most major airlines have a hub there. Mm-hmm. But so, so when you went to Istanbul, was there a culture shock involved in that, in that, in that time? It's, it's totally different. So like each and yeah, every ab- absolutely. How do you prepare yeah. yourself for that? It's a great question. So first and foremost, yeah, of course, there's going to be a certain amount of culture shock. Um, my personal feeling about culture shock is that that's wh- why you travel, really. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if, if you, if uh, I wouldn't go through the trouble of moving to Istanbul if it wasn't going to challenge my set of beliefs and understandings, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think uh, keeping that in mind, I... I was happy to go to a place that was really different and uh, offered a really different experience. Now, I think that there's, having lived there for quite some time, the first couple of months are going to be, there's this sort of honeymoon phase where it's very different and you're just like, ooh, ah, Turkish food and Turkish cuisine and the the bright blue Bosphorus straight and all this stuff. And I think the difficulty comes around the six month period where you miss little things from home or if you get sick and you miss the ability to go to, I don't know, uh, a, a, a doctor that you're familiar with mm-hmm. or not being able to get a certain medication, whatever. I think mm-hmm. the, the real difficulty arises when you've been gone for quite some time or you miss your family or whatever. Um, but as far as, the, the culture shock that we we knew we'd be experiencing that, but that was something that we wanted to experience. Um, as I said, I think you know, for me, the, the, the underlying sentence is really just that 
you know, why would I go and move somewhere else if it wasn't going to be different? Why I would just stay here. Yeah. So that's probably same for you. I mean, you, you grew up in, in India and something was calling you to, to move somewhere else and explore. Exactly. Uh, I think we all, we all have that kernel inside of us. And, and again, why would, you know, if, if Montpellier was going to be exactly like your hometown, why would you move there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's totally true. Yeah. It was a total culture shock for me because India is, let's say somewhat considered to be a bit chaotic. It is a bit chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, dep it depends where you go, actually. I mean, yeah. You've I been there. You, you I have been, been there, yeah. A few oh, times. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. So um, I've been to uh, Delhi and uh, uh, Varanasi, Orcha, um, Udaipur, and. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm from Delhi. So I'm from Delhi, so I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Del I mean, for sure, then, yeah, Delhi yeah. is chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So like when I went when I came here, it was okay. There are like too many people are at home, or there are this many people in the city. So it was always people were stopping for you for at the red lights. People were uh, greeting you all the time, and I was where am I? So it's totally different. I get it. It's totally different. It's funny actually you mentioned that because when when we moved back from Istanbul, we came back to Toronto, which is yeah. Canada's largest city, roughly 25% of the Canadian population lives here. So it's the biggest city by a long shot. And yeah. actually between the US and Canada, only New York and Los Angeles are bigger than Toronto. So Toronto's a big city. And yeah. yet we arrived back here from Istanbul and both of us were like, where is everybody? You know, like it seemed, it seemed so empty because the culture um, in Istanbul was all about being out in public, being out in the streets and tapping into the energy of the city meant you were outside, you weren't at home. Um, you know, and even the, the restaurant culture is different there where you can get an inexpensive meal. Like the, uh, the, the idea in North America of going out for a meal, it's like you plan two weeks in advance and you make a reservation or whatever, or like you, it's a big ordeal. But in Istanbul, it was very easy to just go into a, local restaurant and eat yeah. as cheaply perhaps as you could go to the grocery store to make a meal. Exactly. So it's yeah. a different culture. Yeah. It's yeah. totally different. So, uh, let's talk about, like, I, I read about you, like you love, you do photography as well. Um, I, I consider myself as a photographer. So to give you a, like a recap, so like I started hopeless nomad as a photography venture. So I wanted to mm -hmm. place myself in, in the photography world, but, okay, like there are a lot of photographers like me and there are most of the photographers there. One of the major dream is to travel the world like with their camera. Sure. So I was just thinking about that and I tried to like, I'm doing this right now. I'm changing this hopeless nomad thing into a community. So like all the travel bloggers, all the travel influencers, the backpackers, the expats, all, all of them are invited here. All of them can hear from the influencers and um, can plan their trips and just get motivated from, 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 from each other. For you, like when, when, when did, you, did you start the photography and how did you put into use for traveling? Yeah, sure. So I've always wanted to capture the experiences that I was taking part on, but I would say... I started to take photography seriously when I moved to to Istanbul. So in 2014, really, I, I it just seemed like we were experiencing so much that was um, worth capturing. Yeah. That and the other thing too was when I first started blogging, there wasn't a whole lot of competition, and so I didn't 
I, I, I shot with a point and shoot camera that was fine. But mm-hmm. by the time 2015 rolled around or 2014 or 2015 kind of felt like if I wanted to stand out, I needed to have some better photography just to, because, um, I think writing was, has always been my strength and, that, and, but people don't necessarily always have patience to, yeah. to, uh, to read. I mean, the, per, perhaps some people want to be captured by the photography before they they start to, to read in some way. So I needed to make sure that, that, some, that I was showing even just my ability to be able to shoot photography. So I bought a, a Nikon 3000 series and I bought a 17 to 50 millimeter 2.8, the aperture lens um and i just started shooting and and then quickly realized that i i wanted i needed more than an 18 to 50 because it's i wanted to be able to shoot some some longer distance stuff so then i bought a 70 to 200 and then i bought a prime lens and then before you know it you're starting to see the world through that lens no pun intended but you start to walk (laughs) around neighborhoods and you think Oh, this would look, you know, I should really uh, bring out, uh, I should bring out the prime lens here and get and shoot some, some of the street cats around here or whatever it is, you know, you start to get those ideas. And, and then of course, Instagram was rising up at that point as well. And I wanted to make sure that if people were, I guess the main thing was that something you want to consider is that people are going to find you from a million different access points. And mm-hmm. so somebody who's uh literature buff i mean probably they're going to go to my site and they're going to be happy i would hope they'll be happy that there's not a lot of grammatical errors they're long-winded posts they're from the heart um if people have time it's going to be a good thing for them but there are some people that i need to make sure that if they go to my instagram page they're going to see what they need from that as well and maybe that's what lures them in but i i guess part of my uh insistence on learning photography was the understanding that nowadays there's a million ways people can find you and I need to make sure that uh, all of those ways are, 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 are showcasing the best of, of me. Um, and I also think that there's something to, I personally, if I go to a website and there's terrible photography, there's just something inside of me that just says this person doesn't care. Yeah. Right? Like I need you, like I, I need the, I need the person to understand that I'm somebody who edits carefully, and I put in the photography that, that showcases the destination properly. So for me, photography was, was both making sure that people could find me and, and would be happy with what they saw. And my, uh, my own personal feeling that uh, I needed to showcase to people that I, that I cared. Yeah, totally. That's nice. That's really interesting. Really interesting. So, and, and the next thing is when you were at that place, when you were in Seoul or when you choose a place to go. So mm-hmm. do you, what, what are the next steps that you decide to explore the city and what places to go? So how do you, do you do that process of deciding mm-hmm. which places to go and what, what to do? Like yeah. In, so in a short time, let's say. Yeah. So the, so the, f- you mean if I'm living there, what would I, what's the first thing that I'm doing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the, the first thing I'm doing is, is, is focusing on language before anything else, because I feel like um, the best way to understand the true, uh, true side of the city is by getting to know its people. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too, is if you're going to live somewhere, you need to be able to get to a taxi and let somebody know in three seconds that you're not a tourist yeah. because in Istanbul, you just get ripped off right away. Oh, so, wow. The other thing is that um, 
I wanted to be able to like both Bree and I lived in a neighborhood that was not traditionally foreign. It mm-hmm. was more uh, a blue collar working neighborhood in Istanbul. And so we got to know restaurant owners and we got to know, uh, you know, a barber that I really liked and, and a whole bunch of people. And that was because of language. Yeah. So I think for me, the first thing is, is language and, and the, the Turks in general, I found were pretty humble. They expected people to come and visit their city. They mm-hmm. didn't expect people to care enough to learn their language because they felt like, of course, it's spoken widely in Turkey, but it's not a, it's not a global language, right? Yeah. Um, you have an incentive to learn French or yeah. someone would have an incentive to learn Spanish that they wouldn't have to learn Turkish necessarily. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was a big thing. I think that our language learning got us really far ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, it all depends how much time I have in a place. I think we knew we were going to be in Istanbul indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the first thing for me was language. And then it was, um, the first thing I did was, was did whatever, do what everybody else was doing and go to the old town and, mm-hmm. and do the, just making sure that if somebody came to visit me, I could take them, um, take them around and show them what the, the essence of the city was. Yeah. Once you get the regular, the tourist sites down uh, and understand what that, what, what that's all about, then I think you dive deeper look at where the locals are going, meet more locals, go out to get your restaurants seen mm-hmm. down. You know, I think uh, if you've been living in a place for a year and a half and you're going to the restaurant where all tourists are, you probably haven't done your job. Um, okay. So, you know, that all of those things um, to me uh, matter, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, that, that, um, that's, that's 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 what i would that's what i would do first and foremost learn the language learn a little bit of the culture and so forth and then from there for sure um figure out your own adventure where the locals are going and 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 so forth so yeah but do do, do, are you like a kind of person who just loves to go off grade or like would do touristy thing first um so yeah i mean i i honestly I'm, I'm kind of a yes person. So if there's an opportunity to, to go and do something and tackle something, yeah. um, I'm going to go for it because I feel like, uh, I mean, as long as it's within reason, uh, I also, you know, I, I'm really not a big fan of being on the, the tourist sort of conveyor belt. Like I, I don't like going on the hop on hop off bus tours and going yeah. from point A to B to C to D and then pretending like I saw the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw what the city wanted me to see, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's so nice. that's nice. I think, <laughs> I think that there's a difference, right? Between seeing the city and seeing what the city wants you to see. Yeah. yeah. And part of that is part of that is after dark, you know, go to a restaurant, see some live music, see what the, uh, the bars are all about or whatever, whatever your own thing is. Like I, I, I'm a personally a big believer that you have to understand the, the day life and the nightlife. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that part partially has something to do with the fact that I have, uh, you know, a little too much energy for my own good. So I can, mm-hmm. I can do that. Uh, but you know, that's, that's the, that's the way I would, would, would think about it, generally speaking. I also read about that you have a small community of Toronto bloggers collective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Them, like. yeah, for sure. So the Toronto Bloggers Collective is the, it's, when I moved back to Toronto, I was just curious where, where were all my people, you know, the, the people <laughs> who are trying to create interesting things. So it's not necessarily just for bloggers, it's for anyone creating anything interesting. Yeah. And uh, we kind of say that we're trying to help um, 
Toronto's uh, creator community turn passion to profession. Mm -hmm. So we have um, over 500 members now, um, you know, about two months ago, it looked, or a month ago, it looked a little different. We're running live events uh, you know, in person, of course, with, with uh, we're running press trips and things like that, where we're getting our members um, exploring different places and, and we're bringing in, you know, if, there's four co-founders and we're all prioritizing really just trying to get uh, opportunities to our members and bring some income back into the community all, and, and also letting people know their value was huge. Now, of course, it looks a little bit different. We're, we're doing, we do live workshops now every Wednesday. We have threads running all the time. Mm -hmm. um, we have, uh, I mean, tomorrow night we're hosting a happy hour where everyone's <laughs> just going to show up on zoom and uh, with a drink in their hand and just chat a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's a great community. It's a very strong community. Uh, we, I think I, start, I started that with three others in October of 2018. Um, we're really playing a unique role in, in Toronto. Um, it also gives me a lot of purpose. I'm, yeah. I, I, like, especially during a time like this where there's a lot of pressure on travel content creators to, to think about how they can I want to say on the one hand survive, but I've got a number of things going on. So I'm not too worried about that just yet. Um, the biggest thing I'm trying to worry about is trying to provide a, uh, a, I don't know if example is the right word, but to, to try to, to try and be a little bit of a compass for how we can handle this. And, and that means to me just trying to do my best every day. That's all I can do. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I'm, it says, you know, as I said before, I think it's about, or at least alluded to before, you know, we're just, we're, this is a situation in which we're, nobody has uh, the ground rules and, and nobody has a map for this. Yeah. And so ultimately all we can do is just wake up, do our best. And, and, you know, like we hosted a live workshop yesterday where the system we were using just totally failed us. You know, the tech mm -hmm. totally failed us. We had to switch and do something totally different. And you know, it was a small nightmare, but at the end of the day, you know, we're still trying to bring in value to our members and we're not charging anything for that. So I don't, you know, I'm not going to take time and feel bad about that. Uh, we're all learning yeah. together. Um, so yeah, that's the long answer. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's pretty interesting. So if I want to ask you, for, for example, like hypothetically, there is a situation like this coming again for the tourism industry. How can we, we prepare uh, we prepare ourselves for, for that? That's a very good question. Um, you know, I, I, I don't have a great answer because I, I think so much of tourism is being out and exploring. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the, the other thing too is that uh, it's really difficult to, to convince people to overcome fear if you don't have a good reason why, you know? Yeah. So, Sure, I, I'm very comfortable talking about travel right now. I believe in the power of travel. I, I literally have an article on my site called Why, Tra Why Travel is Important. So I, obviously I believe in yeah. the power of travel. And But there's, there's also the recognition that there are things that are more important than travel. And, you know, it, it would be very irresponsible for me right now to step up my door and say, well, you know, I am a travel blogger, so I'm going to go and travel the world. Um, that's just not respectful of anybody. So the important thing to remember right now is that we're people first and um my feeling actually is that that's probably the way that we have to keep remembering that we're all interconnected and 
I'm going to help out people as best I can. But I know for a fact, I was speaking with a tourism board this week based in Ontario. Mm -hmm. They've shifted all of their marketing to have themed days. So uh, like Friday, they have a brewery pickup day where you can swoop around to all the different breweries and it's made really easy and safe to pick up beer. I think there's like a wine day that they're doing. There's a takeout Thursdays. You know, so the my answer to that really would be that like all of us, tourism boards need to adapt and find ways um, to help the community. I mean, they're oftentimes the tourism boards are better connected to the pulse of the city and who needs what. So having somebody from the tourism board to be even on an advisory role in the government to figure out what was propping up the city before. um, And then those inventive ideas, it's like takeout Thursday and brewery Friday and whatever. I think they're operating on like, they've managed to i want to say maintain like they're for the traffic for their site and all that kind of stuff they've managed to maintain pre covid levels so so i guess the the, yeah yeah, the answer i guess is to think outside the box yeah but uh but it but also respect the uh the underlying situation so Mm -hmm. the other i think it's also probably worth uh mentioning that this is so unprecedented and unique at least in our lifetime that um i don't know if you can ever prepare for something like this like if you had told me two months ago that this would be my reality and on the ontario premier came out today to to say that uh he didn't think things would normalize for 18 uh 18 months to two years so I mean, obviously, that's a that's a number where you're like, well, I don't know what normalized means. Everything's so yeah. subjective, right? Yeah. But the but the bottom line is that things are different. Um, I think we all we all forgot about humility a little bit, and I think we all thought we were in a medical age where this wasn't possible. Yeah, that's 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 kind of true. It's kind of true. So, so here we are. We're all humbled. Yeah. People stopped being grateful, I think. So that's why it was this shift came up and they were like, oh my God. Yeah, well, everyone's going to have to hit the reset button a little bit, whether they want to or not. Um, but I, as I said, if anyone wants to check out the article I wrote on my site, I've been writing a lot about this kind of stuff, about uplifting podcasts and about how to be productive at home and things like that. I mean, where there's struggle, there is opportunity. So really. Exactly. You know, the some of the some of the best things are are created out of the ashes. Um, yeah, you have a chance to. There's this. I mean, on the one hand, realistically, it's just because there's nothing to lose. You know, there's nothing left to lose, really. Uh, in some cases, so try out that thing that you've wanted to try out, and and if you know, if travel blogging is something you want to try again, I mean, it's going to be tough to 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 get into any travel content creation right now. Exactly. But there are ways you can do it respectfully and tactfully. Um, you know, it turns out that just because you write mostly about travel doesn't mean you're only interested in travel. Yeah. There's other things that you probably are interested in or, or can write about respectfully. Like I could write an article about uh, about uh, the particular backpack I use and why I'll continue to use it when I travel again. Mm-hmm. That's not sending a signal that you should buy the backpack and travel right now. Yeah. Thinking about interesting things like I, I also read on your blog, you have researched or tried a lot, lot many beers. I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, yeah. what was the, what was the one place like, which gave you like the kind of the most weird beer and the best beer, like two places. Yeah, sure. 
Ooh, good questions. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I drink, I love beer, um, yeah. and I I travel around the world drinking. Uh, I, I like you know, not not like in a when I was nineteen or something, but like woo, you know, I I have a lot of respect for the brew the brewing yeah. process, and I um as far as the best beer, um, I'm a big fan of Pilsner, so. Um, I did a biking trip across the Czech Republic mm. last uh, last year in November, and for sure, I mean, I think that you're not going to find better beer than the Czech Republic. It's just, it's yeah. it's just not going to happen uh, <laughs> for me. For me, at least. I mean, I love crisp, easy drinking pilsners. I love. I really like beers that like, I'm an active guy. I, I don't like the beers that you have one beer and you're like, well, that's it. No more moving for two days. Like I like, a, I, I love drinking cold crisp Pilsners in the Czech Republic because we'd stop for lunch. You'd have mm -hmm. two Pilsners, bike another couple of hours, another Pilsner. <laughs> like, and it was just, it settles really nicely. The other thing too, being that uh, the Czech, Czechs take their beer so seriously and yeah, they like, they true. clean their lines so carefully. They, like they're obsessed with beers. I mean, yeah. the brewery in each town is might as well be the chapel. You know, it's like that's the gathering point. <laughs> so, I appreciated the culture around that, and I appreciate how much respect they have for beer. As far as the weirdest beer, I mean, that's a question that I'm probably gonna have to think on and get back to. It's one of those <laughs> things that late, later on, I think to myself, I'm gonna think yeah. to myself, oh man. I mean, it's. I, I think when I think of some weird sort of experimentation and and what what a country's done that's been interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I do think despite the fact that they're sort of thought of in the mainstream beer culture, I think Belgium does some interesting stuff yeah. with, uh, with a lot of their beers. I mean, they have the, all the, all the delirium beers taste like beers that I haven't had before. And mm -hmm. they're not unique in that. I mean, the, just for the simple fact that Belgians are like so experimental with their beers. Um, yeah. I just have to say that I've tried a lot of weird beers in Belgium that are like, some they're like cherry flavored beers that are like somehow like 13 percent and you you're like this can't be 13 percent, and then you walk away from the bar and you're like that was 13 <laughs> percent. that's true that is true that's true <laughs> so yeah man it's a pleasure to talk to you so like for the last question is there anything that you want to share with the community that i'm building like any advice any quote any music anything you want yeah, well, I guess the best thing I can share is the, the I have this tattooed on my wrist from, uh, from it's from it's a Turkish saying, and it's, it says, Yavash, Yavash, which means slowly, slowly. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't really think of a better quote to think about right now. I mean, we're in a pausing pattern, and we, uh, we have to remember that uh, whether we want to pause or not, we have to, and, and you may as well make the best of that because that's the reality we're in. Yeah. And the phrase Yavash Yavash in Turkey, it means, it means slowly, slowly, or, or slow down and take a deep breath. But it also kind of means look around you, take notice of things going around. And then the other factor too is that you, you know, as people, we only have so much control over fate, you know? Um, and so that's, uh, that's something we have to respect that we're, we're in a situation here and it's not like this is a situation where this is the meant to happen for any lesson or like that, but ultimately, um, you know, fate would dictate that, uh, perhaps this is a great opportunity for you to do the thing you've wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I would leave everyone with is that. And, and of course, if anyone wants to sort of engage with me, uh, you can find me, I'm super active on Twitter 
at, at traveling Mitch with one L and uh, on Instagram less active, but, and then I, Bree and I run a community on Facebook travel talk with traveling Mitch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're in Toronto, the Toronto bloggers collective, I have another website and brand called Ultimate <laughs> Ontario. If you come to this province, so we so can keep, find you everywhere. Busy, but yeah, <laughs> everywhere. you can find me everywhere. And I think a good, I think a good, like a good place to find me is Twitter, though, because I'm I'm on there a fair bit, personally interacting with people, which yeah. is why I can come on to a to a um, a podcast like this and already have some relationship with people. And I think that's where you even reached out to me on Twitter, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. DM okay. or something like that. Yeah, and so that's that that's a good place to find me. I'm posting kind of all the time now, trying to just bring in some light, but also be, be real on there. Um, I, I think that's something we should all focus on right now. Anybody with a brand right now that's outward facing, let's uh, make sure we're prioritizing authenticity because uh, not a, like there's not a lot of room left for, uh, for bullshit to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. We, we, yeah. We've got to uh, just be ourselves and move forward. So yeah, again, that's, that that's, but, but ultimately I think that's the saying that I'm pretty happy to have, tattooed on my wrist beautiful. right now yeah it's beautiful it's amazing it's it speaks to the situation right now and like everywhere yeah yeah i know i know it's uh it's, it's good timing to get it i guess you know <laughs> i got i only got about eight, eight probably eight months ago or so but i have i have a few tattoos and they're all of them are reminders in different ways so this one serves me well right now again christopher like it's it's really a pleasure to talk to you and thank you for doing this and I hope when everything is over and you are in another country, we get to talk again. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, as I said, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I believe in trying to, to help people where I can. And uh, quite frankly, I mean, I'm always humbled when people want to, to chat with me and want to hear my opinion. I don't take it for granted. Um, and I, you know, it's a, it's a genuine, like, I think of podcasting in, in this sort of medium. I mean, what a pleasure and an honor or you know or whatever the medium is even just being on a zoom call whatever the fact is that this is going to get shared in some fashion to some people yeah and uh i'm going to have the privilege of being in that person's ear and so i take that seriously you know i'm not a i'm not somebody who thinks about oh i'm not going to do this because i won't reach a million people like i i don't care about that i mean if you start to think of people as numbers you're you're in trouble <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that is true <laughs> yeah so thanks very much for having me on man If you think this particular episode brought you with any value, leave a comment, like, follow, or whatever you want. And if you want to say hi or just share any of your beautiful travel stories, head over to hopelessnomad.com and just subscribe to the email list. Thank you for listening. Until next time.